Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Happy Thanksgiving! Whether you're spending it with family or doing a Friendsgiving, getting together during the holidays is something to look forward to, a bright spot as winter kicks off. But holiday meetups can also stir up some awkward conversations. You know what I'm talking about. You're at the table and the discussion turns into a political cage match. Or you keep getting asked the same question, like, when are you going to get a real job? Or why haven't you settled down yet? These types of exchanges are no fun, but thankfully... There are strategies to make sure that they don't ruin your holiday weekend. Here with a few tips on how to dodge those bullets with family this Thanksgiving is Perry Kareem, the training director at the Center for Conflict Resolution. Perry, welcome to Reset. Hi, thanks for having me. To start off, uh, do you ever have these issues at your own dinner table? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think, you know, it's part of the human experience to have difficult interactions with other people. (laughs) Uh, So how how do you handle them? Well, I, I think the, the most important thing is that I handle them well when I am prepared and when I'm being intentional about it. Uh, when I am just reacting from the gut or, uh, you know, really just responding too quickly in the moment, I, I fall into the same, you know, pitfalls that, that anyone does. Um, I think that, you know, having a strategy to go in uh, to these situations and really having a focused goal can really set you up for better success. Are there topics that you would say to avoid, or is it less about avoiding and and more about how we handle it? Yeah, I I think that's exactly right. It's it's more about how we handle it. We can really talk about just about anything as long as we're doing it in a way that is, you know, inclusive, productive, coming from a place of curiosity uh, and, you know, a a mutual respect. Uh, But, you know, I also think that if you're not in a place to have a particular conversation, Uh, It doesn't have to happen right now. It doesn't have to happen just because somebody else wants to have that conversation right now. Yeah, that's that's such good advice. And you talked a second ago about being prepared and and being intentional. So does it help to go into these gatherings with a certain mindset? Like I know, for instance, when I'm going into certain, you know, family dinners, there's a certain aunt of mine where I'm like, okay, she's going to be there. Let me just keep cool. She's probably going to say something a little off. You know, I, I kind of gear myself up for the conversation that's to come. Yeah, I think to an extent that can be really useful to be prepared for for what you might experience and at the same time to not go in with the assumption that that's going to happen. I think a lot of times we expect that people are just as we left them last year (laughs) and that the the same experiences that we've had before are going to happen exactly again. And and so we make assumptions what people's, uh, you know, motivation might be or what Mm -hmm. their intention might be. Um, So I would say come prepared, but not assuming that you know how it's going to go and try to focus on what is the purpose of gathering. You know, when you're, when you're going to have your holiday meal with with that aunt, you know, what do you want to get out of that interaction? You know, what is the purpose of attending? Is it connection? Is it, uh, you know, seeing someone you haven't seen in a long time? Is it about supporting a, a partner or spouse that, uh, if you're attending, you know, with, with their families, um, you know, what is what is your real centered goal here in, in those interactions? And try to keep that at the, at the forefront uh, of your interactions. 
Perry, can you tell us what makes for a good, meaningful conversation? It requires balance and, and a little give and take, right? Absolutely. I, I think that some things that we, you know, often will focus on is let's go for depth in our conversations. Seek understanding. Uh, approach with curiosity. You know, a really good conversation involves two people coming away with a deeper understanding of what's important to the other person and where they might be coming from. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll approach with a let me convince you of what I want uh, or, you know, let me change your mind. Right. Here's, uh, here's why I'm right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, let me change your mind. Let me show you why I'm right. Instead of, a, you know, let's let's see if we can understand what might be forming your opinions. What where are you coming from? Help me understand what your perspective is and what what shaped that perspective. Um, I think those those really good conversations is when both sides walk away with something to think about. Uh, and, and, and a deeper understanding of, of who that other person is. We connect with each other's humanity. I think those are the most meaningful conversations. Well, let's hear from a caller who wants to join the conversation. Here's Nora in West Loop. Hi, Nora. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Thank you so much. Are you looking forward to some conversations tomorrow? Yes. So I'm inviting my partner to Thanksgiving for the first time. Everyone's going to meet him for the first time. Ooh. And I'm so excited. I know. So exciting. But I'm also kind of freaking out. And I'm wondering if you've got any tips. Perry, this is a good one. The, the first time the partner comes around the family, this can be tricky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, it's really important to prepare with your partner ahead of time. You know, what are they comfortable with? You know, what might their concerns be as far as uh, approaching your, your family uh, and, and really making a plan for how you can support each other uh, through what, you know, the things that you might think might be challenging. Um, you know, the, the, the challenging thing about bringing a new partner is that uh, a lot of times people will feel like they have uh, a right to know more about your situation or your relationship. Uh, and really, you know, you two are the ones that decide, you know, what you're willing to share, what you're able to share, um, so, you know, I think preparation and, and maybe a plan to, to connect afterwards and, and, and think about how it went. Uh, and look for your support people at the dinner. Who, who are the ones you know are going to be, uh, you know, supporting you if things get challenging? That's uh, that's pretty awesome. I love that advice about sort of coming in with a plan. Well, good luck, Nora. I think it'll go great, though. Um, talk to us a bit more, Perry, about what gets in the way of us having good conversations. Yeah, I think, you know, really it could be anything, and that's what makes them challenging, right, is that we sometimes don't know what is going to be challenging until we're in the moment. Um, so it could be the amount of time we have for a conversation that we thought would be short and it ends up being longer than we have time to commit to it, or even the timing. When is it coming up? Uh, it can be the setting, who's there, who's listening, is it private, is it public? Uh, and even the subject matter, you know, things may hit us differently uh, when, you know, than we expected. Um, but there are three places that I think people tend to get stuck generally. So one of them is identity conversations, conversations about how I see myself and how others see uh, things that really invoke who we are at the deepest levels. Uh, relationship can also make the conversations difficult. So depending on who's bringing up the conversation. There are conversations that we may be really comfortable having, but there are certain people we just can't talk about things with. Or it might be, especially at the holidays, you've got a lifetime worth of conflict that may be unresolved coming into the, the conversation, and that right. can make it 
challenging. And then lastly, truth, how we perceive the truth, how we perceive situations, uh, what we believe the truth of the matter might be, those, those can make it really challenging for us to have conversations when we see it really differently. Uh, to the uh, point of the, these personal conversations, Perry, some, there are some people who feel like they can't be themselves when they're with family. And, and I'm specifically thinking of people in the LGBTQ plus community who perhaps haven't come out yet to their families, for instance, or maybe they have, but they haven't been accepted. So what's your advice for people dealing with that situation? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, that, that is a particularly challenging situation to, to be in in a place where you don't feel like you can truly be yourself the way that you want to be. And so I think centering your purpose again, you know, what is the purpose of attending? Why am I here? Uh, and then safety is a huge concern. So assess the situation for physical, emotional, intellectual safety when you are in these situations. No one has a right to information about who you are, uh, you know, what you want to share and what you feel comfortable share and how much you feel comfortable sharing is entirely up to you. And look for your support before, during, and after. So are there people that are going to be there that you know that you can count on uh, to support you and help you get out of tricky situations? Yeah. Are there people before and after that you can, uh, you know, prepare for the conversation with and then talk about how it went afterwards? A lot of times, one thing that can be really helpful for taking care of ourselves is to have that, that debrief afterwards, someone that you can check in with and and to sort of process what happened. Love that. Let's hear from Brittany now, who's calling from Geneva. Hi, Brittany. Welcome to Reset. Hi, thank you for having me. You know, you guys really hit the head on one of the things that I've struggled with in the past, and that's those deep, lifelong conflicts that sometimes those situations really make a little bit worse, mm -hmm. or that's the one person you're not looking forward to seeing. Something that's really helped me in the past, and I, I'm hoping it can help someone else out there as well, is setting an intention before I go. And you know, a lot of times I'll be thinking negatively about this person. Oh, I don't want to get in that conversation or situation. And instead I change it and think about my happiness in the situation and theirs and just, you know, wrapping them in happiness and thoughtfulness and thinking about, you know, they have their own life struggles they've gone through. And although I don't agree with, you know, how they treat me in the situation or what the situation entails, just really focusing on my happiness in the situation and really wishing for their happiness. There must be a reason that they're this way. And I just wish that they could find their happiness. And that has really helped me. Oh, I Whenever, love that. You know, those nasty situations come up really focusing on my happiness and wishing for theirs. And it, it just changes the dynamic a little bit. That's a great mindset to, to enter the uh, the conversation with, Brittany. Thank you so much for, for calling in and, and happy Thanksgiving to you. Perry, politics, it's its taboo for the Thanksgiving dinner table. Um, it, it often comes up, though. So what are your suggestions for dealing with that? Because political conversations, especially in this climate, are just unavoidable, it feels. Yeah, I think for a really long time, I said no religion, no politics at the, at the dinner table. Right? right. And now we live in a climate where everything is political. You know, the, almost every conversation we have touches on on this, and and I think that it, it is likely to come come up. And so, you know, thinking about this idea of you know our common humanity, there's a, there's a person behind the position, and try to focus on who that person is and what what are they, you know, basing their their opinions on? What is their life experience? Try to focus on the common ground. Um, I think a lot of our political dynamics today really focuses on this idea that there's a binary: you're either this or you're that. 
And the thing is, is that we are complex people, right? Humans are, are very complex. And searching for that complexity can be one way to sort of help shift your mindset from this binary to this, this idea that, you know, there, there's a person who has a whole range of experiences and perspectives and ideas. Um, and, and the other thing is, you know, this idea that you may not be able to change this person's mind, but how we have these conversations is really important because it's usually not one-on-one. Usually at the holidays, there's a whole audience of people. And those right. people may be more open or more persuadable or, or more interested. And so remembering that it's not just the person we're talking to, it's the people who may be listening, the people who may be understanding uh, you know, our, our side differently, um, that, that may be our audience. And, you know, as much as we can lead with curiosity, again, you know, you may not solve, we're likely not going to solve most of these really big political issues. I, I'm not sure anyone's Thanksgiving dinner is going to end with a solution to our environmental issues. Right. But <laughs> we're going to really, solve world you know, peace. Understanding and seeing if we can find a place where, you know, what do we, what do we actually agree on? Because there's probably something that we do agree on, and how can we leave with a better understanding of where you're coming from? So it's not, it's not all about conflict. You know, there there's a way to normalize having these political discussions with family members and, and perhaps gaining a better understanding of them and vice versa. Exactly. If you do feel yourself getting heated during a conversation, though, how do you take a step back and cool down? Remind us, because some people need to hear this, Perry. Absolutely. I think the first thing is noticing that you're getting heated. There's a thing that happens to us when we're faced with a difficult conversation. Our brain is taking on a chaotic or threat signal. And what that does is that that puts us in a survival mode rather than a problem-solving, gathering new information mode. We actually cannot take in new information effectively in those situations. So our brain is actually working against us. So if you're having a conversation and you start to feel your cheeks getting warm or you're starting to have that internal monologue that is either, you know, talking about what you think about other people or, you know, I know my internal monologue is always coming up with that better comeback I wish I had said. <laughs> yes. You, know, you start to have that that uh, narrator going uh, or you start to feel like you're having tunnel vision or you're getting sweaty or you're getting, um, you know, goosebumps. Those types of things are are signs to you that, that your brain is starting to shift into that, uh, you know, threat mode. And when you're in that situation, really the, the recommendation is to take about a 20 to 30-minute break, which is not always possible. Right. So some things I would recommend, take a walk if you can. Change the scenery. A lot of times the scene of the conversation can be triggering for us. So move it into the living room. Take it into the kitchen. Uh, try to think about your breathing. Be very intentional about breathing. And one thing that I've been using recently that's helped me a lot is um, there's this, this exercise you can do where you uh, rub the um, pad of your fingertip with uh, of your forefinger to your thumb and try to just feel the ridges. And focus on feeling the ridges, and that can really help you sort of meditate uh, discreetly. Oh, I'm (laughs) doing that that right now. Yeah, it's kind of soothing. It it can help you sort of, um, you know, change the the signals that that your brain is taking in. And we've got Aaron in North Center on the line who also has a suggestion. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to Reset. Hey, thanks for having me. So my suggestion is to wear your issue or topic on your person. So, for instance, a T-shirt, a bracelet, 
a necklace, whatever it may be, a button that could bring somebody's attention to what you might want to talk about, but allow them to initiate that conversation. Um, my daughter has Down syndrome. My mom has a necklace that is the Down syndrome symbols, mm -hmm. which is three arrows. And she says she gets asked about it all the time. So it allows people to be in a comfort zone where the curious person can act. Um, but and, and you feel like you've sort of controlled what folks ask you about, what, what the conversation is. That's great, Aaron. Thank you for that. And you can have a response ready. Exactly. Thank you so much for sharing that. Have a great holiday. Here is Joan in Rogers Park. Hi, Joan. Welcome to Reset. Oh, hi. 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 Thank you so much for having me. Um, what I, I guess I have a comment, too. As a, you know, I am 65. My sons are in their 30s. They're grown men. But at the same time, I know from my own experience, being with my own parents in the past, it's triggering sometimes, like you were saying, family history comes up. And I need to remind myself that sometimes my son is talking, and it's not the 38-year-old that's talking. It's the 13-year-old mm -hmm. because he's triggered. And I need to open my heart and keep a boundary, not that he can be, like, abusive or anything, you know, verbally, I mean, like teenagers can be sometimes. But just know that, oh, he's triggered. This is an old wound. I'm the elder. Let me open my heart and be present. That is some great uh, advice there, Joan. I'm, I'm glad that's worked for you, and I think that's something that might work for me, too. What do you think, Perry? I think approaching with care is, is always a, a great strategy. You know, start with that, that place of care. If somebody seems like they're triggered or escalated, say, you know, are you okay? What, what's, what's going on? Um, you know, you can use some of the strategies we talked about for managing our own responses to others. You know, let's, let's take a break. Let's change the scenery. Um, but the, I, lo I love that idea of just remembering, you know, the, remembering this person that we love and, and start with care. Absolutely. Well, that is Perry Kareem, the training director at the Center for Conflict Resolution. Perry, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that's it for today's Reset. If you've missed any of our interviews or conversations, you can catch up anytime this holiday break with our daily podcast. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving, and we'll meet again on Monday. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.